Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. It is a first for us. It is our first guest from the state of Indiana, checking in from Indianapolis, Indiana, Mr. Aaron Scamahorn. This is also another first for us because we fucked up pretty bad. Uh, we had about, I'd say about 18 to 20 plus minutes of uh interview content that was not recording due to technical difficulties. Uh, the only saving grace is that I realized that before uh, I ruined the friendship and uh, recording, but it actually really allowed us to ask some questions again and really see how the story was going to shape up. And so we want to uh, you know, thank Aaron again. You'll hear me apologize a few times throughout the episode and it just really, uh, it was really unfortunate, but I'm just uh, finding, you know, the, the positive or the, the silver lining in the situation, we're able to, you know, prevent that from being a full interview and kind of, uh, you know, thankfully he made himself available for us for a little bit longer than expected. And uh, this is what we have for you. So it's really great. Like I said, he was recommended to us from a few folks, uh, which is really cool. Our boy Joey Potts recommended him. And then the crew over there at Indiana City Brewing uh, also recommended him. So it's just really, those are some of my favorite ones. A, you know, we, we make the, the bad joke multiple times and we'll continue to do so. Consistency is key here, but it just makes my job a lot easier. But this is our part right now. If you know somebody or you are that somebody, shoot us a message, aj at 16ozcanvas.com or just shoot us a DM on 16OZ Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are looking to finalize our season 14 roster of artists, and we'd love to include you, or that you that you know, or he or she, or they, or whatever it is, or whoever it is, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are open-minded, are always looking for new people. Recommendations are cool. Recommendations are key. And it really helps us to kind of uh, make this a more engaged community. So this is a good episode really because Aaron is one of the hardest working um, uh, hardest working people. I was going to use profanity there, but, you know, uh, I, I just I took the high road there. But just the his ability to stretch the uh, space time continuum and work uh, obscene amount of hours and projects is a compliment to his work and the high quality he's able to do with that. Your level of speed and dedication to his craft. So it's really a, it's really a lot of fun. It's a really cool story. Uh, it's really just fun to, to to see what you know what he's working on, how he's doing it, and you know I think that we're looking at maybe over uh, you know a hundred labels. So he's uh, he's a busy person. You know started doing screen printing, gig posters. He does illustrations, designs. Obviously he does the labels and does a whole bunch of other stuff. RonLuhorn.com. RonLuhorn on Instagram. Spell it out, sound it out, use your voice, Ron, there you go, R-O-N-L-U, L-E-W, and then just like the bull, you get the horns, H-O-R-N, check it out, .com, on uh, Instagram, you can follow along, see the different things that he's working on, different projects, uh, which are plenty, which are um, bountiful, and just, uh, it's a lot of fun to, to really follow along and see the, the cool shit that he's doing and able to you know, make some time to, to share that with us. He's also the founder of the Craft Brew Doodle Crew, which you can go to Craft Brew Doodle Crew on Instagram or Craft 
craftbrewdoodlecrew.com. Let's do it, folks. Let's say it five times fast. Craft Brew Doodle Crew, 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 Craft Brew Doodle Crew. And that might have been six, but it's a it's a tongue twister there, folks. And uh, it's uh, that story I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to tell you about it because I think it's one of the cooler things that we've uh, come to learn here on the 16 ounce canvas about that. So. We want to thank everybody, like I said, uh, we'd we'll like to take this opportunity to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. That is, a, you know, obviously, I don't want to sound like a jaded prick. I think it's always important to let those in your life know that you love them. You know, we love all of you who listen. We love the community that we're building. We love the, you know, what we're doing together. But if you have that special someone, obviously, I would, I would make the argument that you don't need the one day that you should always let them know that you love them, you know, whether it's, you know, brother, sister, wife, partner, lover, you know, friend, whatever, whatever classification it is, you know, I'm, I'm definitely one who is no problem. You know, I've come to realize that, you know, like, you know, the, the Pearl Jam lyric, you know, time is long, but life is short. And it's really important. You know, I think it's just to, to let folks know how important they are to you and let them know you love them. And, you know, and you'll never have any, you know, wonders, you know, who knows what tomorrow brings, who knows if this is our last episode ever, not to sound jaded or creepy, but, you know, you all know how important you are to me, and I think that's really something that, that resonates and is really just important, so happy Valentine's Day, obviously it is a little bit of a hallmark holiday, um, and so, I mean, the the card aisle has, has a uh, grown exponentially so i think it's just uh there's and, and then if you go on the internet it's always today is you know national hot dog day today is national ketchup day um and so it just kind of gets a little you know get to be you know get to be a little bit commercialized so with that said we will wish you a happy valentine's day hopefully you're doing something special you know uh, we're going to vermont this weekend uh, a friend of ours uh, is doing, going to start doing Airbnb, and they're having a little kind of uh, friends and family availability before, uh, before it starts becoming a regular thing. So what a natural, smart idea in the dead of winter to go even further north to, to freeze our asses off. So our hope is just uh, a few stouts, maybe some sledding, you know, sweatpants, hoodies, and just kick back and relax. So we hope whatever you're doing or wherever it is that you're listening to us, that you are enjoying yourself, you're safe, and you're having a good time. And so with that said, let's get into it. Here it is. You're listening to the 16-ounce canvas. This is our good friend, Aaron Scammerhorn. Go to Ron Luhorn, ronluhorn.com. Episode 146. Not a prime number. But let's get into it, folks. Let's do what we do. And listen. Hello and welcome again to the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have those today checking in from Indianapolis. This is one of our uh, first uh, Indianapolis calls, so really excited about that. Comes a uh, highly touted Mr. Aaron Scamahorn. You can follow along with him on Instagram as well as his website, Ron Luhorn, and then just put a dot com on the end, ronluhorn.com. We received uh, a few recommendations, one of them from our uh, alumni, Mr. Joey Potts, and there's a few of the, even the crew over Indiana City recommended you. So you come uh, you come highly touted, We uh, no pressure, and uh, we've already, for folks at home, uh, we had a technical difficulty, uh, I fucked up, and so I uh, just wanted to apologize again for that, but um, really appreciate you, uh, you know, being a part of the project, and uh, excited to hear 
again, uh, some of your awesome stories. So thanks so much for, uh, for dealing with me today, Aaron. Hey, no worries. Glad to be here, man. You know, if I get to say these things twice, it'll come out better the second time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that, that was my, uh, that was my, my, uh, my, my pitch to you. So, uh, yeah. So like I there said, like I said, you can go Ron Luhorn, uh, dot com, and Ron Luhorn, uh, on the IG, you can see his, uh, illustrations, kind of his, his story, some of his sketches, labels i mean uh what you'll come to learn is to say he's a busy man is an understatement so um let's uh let's get you talking about yourself again so what's the uh what's the you know what's the story aaron how did you kind of uh find your calling and your passion and uh we'll uh, we'll fill in the blanks along the way but it's a it's a great story i'm uh hope folks are uh definitely looking forward to sharing it yeah um so i grew up with a, a family of artists um, both my parents were potters and um, worked with ceramic arts and mom was an art teacher. Um, so I was constantly making stuff by hand growing up and lots of different mediums and creative things happening. So um, I knew from an early age that uh, I, I wanted to work in that realm somehow. Um, and so moving into, into college, trying to figure out what I wanted to major in, decided to follow in mom's footsteps and um, go to be a teacher, but then uh, finished that whole art education program and realized I'm not a big fan of middle schoolers, so went back and um, finished a, a graphic design degree to move a little bit more in, in that realm. Um, I'd been filling all of my elective slots with um, graphics uh, classes and illustration and photography and whatnot, so I was able to just go back and do a, a short other stint to get that other degree and then took that and went into the, the world of marketing, um, so I was working with some different agencies starting out. and um, got to a point where I was kind of doing the cubicle thing too much and had an itch to make something by hand again. Um, so I, I started to teach myself to, to screen print, utilizing uh, YouTube and, and some advice from some friends who um, operated t-shirt printing companies um, and a lot of trial and error, uh, learned to, to do some screen printing. And I'd, I'd been playing in um, garage bands and punk bands throughout high school and college. And so, um, connecting that passion with uh, a passion for illustration and graphics and typography and lettering. Um, all of that just made perfect sense to um, play around in the world of gig posters. So um, found some, some local promoters who were game to work with me and um, let me put together some marketing pieces for some bands that were coming into town and um, yeah, pulled together those passions into um, some really fun posters and made connections through those and, and got to work with some really interesting bands like Cake and Queens from the Stone Age and Dropkick Murphys and Arctic Monkeys. Um, and one of my favorite bands, Bayside, got to, to do a, a handful for them. And that translated into doing some packaging design for some of their records and whatnot, which is a big honor. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, how does that how does that work when they, they come to town? Because obviously the bands are on the road so much. I guess it depends on where they are. But are they are they giving you any creative direction? Okay, we want to have it, this or that, or is it really just kind of? Do you have a little more control there because you're working with the venue? How how does that kind of come together? Yeah, some bands have a very very precise idea as to what they want. I just did a poster for Highly Suspect last year, um, and they had just been to some Mayan ruins and seen this carving that they were really interested in. That was about this. Um, it was on the sarcophagus of this uh, ruler, and people have um, theorized that it's like connection with Mayans and aliens and this spacecraft, and um, 
it's, it's a fascinating dive to, to get into all the, the information about it, but they were like, hey, we want to recreate this um, for this, uh, this gig we're doing out in Colorado and um, creating some details in and around that, that that matched like their name into like hieroglyphics and carvings and whatnot. And, um, but then on the other side of that, um, I've had bands come to me where they're like, hey, I really like your portrait illustration style. I really like whatever and uh, just do your thing. Um, and then there's also some that like don't have a whole lot of communication with me where I'm just like, hey, here's some art I put together. Can we use this as a gig poster? And, <laughs> and they'll often roll with it and be cool. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I can, I can definitely, I, yeah, I definitely can see. Uh, yeah, I used to manage a band. So I think if there's some, if there were definitely a point in time where I was just, we were just excited that if a venue had a poster for the show, you know, that was just, and they were actually promoting us. We weren't as, uh, we weren't as picky at that stage in life. So I think, uh, I think it's really, yeah, I could definitely see, as probably early on, if you did the same, you know, the one band and then like, you know, years later as they grow, the pickiness probably gets a little a higher level of detail, which I get, right? It's the brand and, you know, you're trying to put out a vibe and what have you. So I think that's it's really, uh, I've come to, as a big music fan, try to see as much as we can. Um, we've, I've got a whole closet full of gig posters that need to need a frame to need a frame so if you're a business out there and you do framing and you want to be a sponsor we will we will pimp out and pour out your framing company every week you know we're uh we're not we're, we're not against uh doing that so uh aj at 16ozcanvas.com and as you know uh, my wife is a middle school teacher and uh the fact that you are a middle school art teacher i've just even for even for a semester or a year, however long it was, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Scamahorn, Scammy, um, was, uh, I definitely, I definitely have a lot of respect for you. Uh, I tried to, I tried to become a teacher at one point. I took a class and when I was dating my wife, it was more to impress her, but um, I have, uh, have a new, I have an appreciation of many years now, almost two decades worth. And um, you, I, I could not be a middle school teacher. I don't think there's enough uh, money in the world. And we all know that arts, and teachers don't get paid enough, so it's kind of a you were getting fucked over twice trying to be an art teacher. So, right. yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to smack them anymore. So yeah, Makes oh, hard. <laughs> I've so yeah, right. And I'm older. Like my my dad has a story. He went to a Catholic school and had a priest, and the priest left the room. He was on the second floor. His friends were in like the you know in the in the lot like outside in like the whatever outside area whatever you want to call it of the you know, of the grounds and the priest came back in before my dad realized it. And the priest just gave him a push from behind and my pushed my dad out the window. <laughs> they got like, oh a, my gosh. yeah, he landed in, like he said, he landed in, like a thorn bush, but like, it wasn't like the priest didn't like check to see what would happen. He just pushed him from behind and he just went out the window. Oh. And it was like, and it wasn't like that. And that priest was like, it wasn't, you know, he got back up, walked in the building, went back and sat down. It wasn't like, you know I mean? Nowadays right. that's like, breaking news doo -doo 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 -doo. you know oh, like, yeah. yeah like yeah. you can't even like raise your voice yeah so oh yeah he's got some crazy <laughs> stories of just like the priest punching a kid in the face yeah it was just like it's just kind of uh it's definitely yeah i mean they we there were times yeah yeah, yeah. it was a uh, it was a uh, him and the other kid were like a rep or whatever and the teacher if you were good or bad like if someone was being you know out of line to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down and he said, we never gave a thumbs down. We didn't really like the kid. And the teacher used to be a boxer. And he brought the kid in front of the class and just punched him in the face. And then oh. then my dad's like, I, I, I never could look at that kid. In, like, I think they were like sophomores. He's like, I could never look that kid in the face again. Like, I'd see him at reunions. And I just felt like this, like, 
level of like Uh-oh. shame. I'm like, Jesus, like what is going on? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those <laughs> were the days. So, so yeah. So gig posters. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. I mean, and we, we've had, um, some woodcutters on recently and even I, I would say it's like a small percentage of our guests have done gig posts or screen printing and it's just when you see the videos and the level of detail and the way you think about the layers on top of each other I mean I really it's it's mind-blowing to me that and it just kind of and it's it's such a tactile like old school way of doing stuff but it's really just such just yeah. important ways you look at photoshop and all this stuff now it's just like oh you just unclick a layer like all right not not gonna do that but like you can't do that with screen printing and with t-shirts and what have you it's just wild it definitely shaped my style and and really refined my skills quite a bit to to be be able to figure out how everything's gonna layer and affect each other and line up once you're actually putting it down on the paper um there's a lot of problems there you have to work through that that really kind of hone your skills for any any other sort of design yeah, it's like the Matrix, right? Like, do you probably when you probably look at stuff now, you yeah, probably right. see it like in a weird, like you probably look at it and like deconstruct it like on so many levels. Like, it's such a oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, oh yeah. So, so when you're doing the gig posters, because of that, because it's a little older, and we're we're about the same age. I'm a little older than you, but like, what what is the physical process of that? I mean, to because yeah, how do you how do you do that? Like, how do you get the layers? Are you just yeah. drawing one layer at a time, and then is that how? It's, and you print it that way? Yeah, so you're breaking out each of the colors into their own layer, um, usually starting with um, the lightest layer, adding some shading, then adding some key lines. Um, so I'd have to export that individual layer um, as a solid black film on transparent paper or transparent um, film, and then use that to expose the screen to make a negative um, so that I could push ink through that screen then in that shape. Um, so then you lay down that first color, then you got to line the next one up and lay down that second color, line the third one up and lay down that color. And each one of those has to dry in between those. And um, if there's a, a kind of light color on top of a kind of light color, the top color is going to get darker or lighter based on what the other other one was. So you have to plan for those kind of things. And you have to add extra little gaps to make sure that the overlaps happen enough and, and don't leave little spaces between the, the color shapes. And Yeah. A lot to consider there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just out of breath thinking about it. Yeah. And I think that we said before about like YouTube, like I think that's been an amazing kind of gift because people's willingness to, to share and, you know, kind of help, you know, you just write a bunch of people on YouTube that helped you, you know, do that. And you know, you never even met them. Right. And so you just think of their videos and how they've been so helpful for your, you know, evolution as a, you know, as a designer and illustrator and artist. So it's, I mean, it's helped me with some shit around the house. Like, I'm not the handiest of guys. So, I mean, just trying to <laughs> pretend to be handy. It's been super helpful. Right. What do people do before when they need to, like, change a light, light socket? Like, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, electrocute themselves probably. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. But other than that, like, yeah. you can't even be like, you can't even, you couldn't even go on, uh, like, you couldn't Google it. So, it was like, it had to be word of mouth. And there was, like, probably, like, you know, a couple electricians for the whole town. And so, it was, you know, they were probably. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember the the yellow pages and the like for Santa, right. Or you know, whatever you're into, but you know, the Sears catalog was like, was like our Google and our Amazon back then. You'd get this huge, you'd wait for it to come. It would be like a encyclopedia thickness and you'd like circle all the pages yeah. that you liked and hoped, you know, hoped you got something, but kids, you yeah. know, my kids have it way too easy. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a, a abuser of technology with the, uh, the Amazon prime, but 
Again, they're not they're not yeah. sponsors here, so we're not going to talk about them. The theoretical company <laughs> that's making people billions and not us, but yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're screen printing. You know, you're you know, we always talk about people having you know shitty jobs. You had a corporate job and you were a teacher, so you got you have two layers, uh, you know, pun intended, of, of crappy jobs. But you know, how did you kind of uh, evolve and uh, team up with uh, with Indiana? How how did that come to be? Yeah, so I was uh, running my screen printing studio out of the basement of a um, another. Did you have a name for it? Did you have a name for the the screen printing studio? I was just calling it Ron Lehorn Industries. Yeah, yeah. It's all 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 of my endeavors have kind of fallen under that name of Ron Lehorn, um, which is a a, um, a holdover from a college typography class um, where I took my name, broke it apart, put it back together. So Aaron Lewis Scamahorn with pieces of that became Ron Lehorn, which there's there's other Aaron Scamahorns in the world, but you Google Ron Lehorn, it's the only thing that comes up. So it was nice to to have some uniqueness there. Um, but uh, so that screen printing studio was in the basement of of Lodge Design. Um, my wife's uh, account coordinator there, and they were nice enough to let me uh, use their basement for um, screen printing. And uh, so I'd been down there for about five years. I'd, my posters would end up on the walls around the office, and um, my wife would hang some up in her cubicle. And um, at the time, Ray, the owner of Indiana City, um, was doing some contract web design work for them, and he had seen my posters around the office and uh, liked the style, um, asked my wife who had done them, and we made that connection through him seeing those. So, yeah, that, that combination of illustration and type and layout and all that for gig posters really kind of translated nicely into to doing beer labels. So um, he was real, real eager to let me just kind of do my own thing and um, be creative. And um, yeah, like we'll start with a few and see where it goes. And now we've been working together for over six years. Oh wow! How many how many labels do you, do you think you've done at this point? To this point, you know, I was listening to your your last episode with the five hundred, and I was like, oof, I don't think I've done that many. But uh, um, that's just I, crazy. I, I, yeah, she's crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah. Nuts. Um, I was adding up what I was seeing on their website, and I think we're right around 100. Um, it's probably a little bit more than that because not all of them like fully make it to, to print and, and release and whatnot. Sometimes it'll just be a design for a beer that is used to promote it on social and, and in the tap room and whatnot. Yeah. Now, do you remember do you remember the first time or the first one that kind of came off that it was like yours? Remember? Do you remember that feeling? Yeah, um, it was, uh, I believe Yacht Rock was the very first one that we designed. Um, I, I was wanting to approach a new style that I hadn't really worked in much. And um, I, I, I'd been seeing some cool lettering stuff happening in the design world, and I wanted to, to try my hand at that. So I bought some Japanese brush pins and uh, started playing around with, with different lettering styles. And I really wanted the, um, the rough nature of the bristles to show through in the in the character forms so i was, I was writing out the name of the beer really rough and, and fast and, and kind of letting those shapes show and then pairing illustration elements and design elements to kind of match that style mm-hmm. um so those first three tribute yacht rock um shadow boxer i think were the first three and we um used that style for all of those and um yeah it was a little surreal you know i'd never really made a design for a product that was going to sit on a shelf that that hundreds and thousands of people were going to um be purchasing and taking home with them so yeah it's really cool 
I love that you knew what it was. Like, didn't even hesitate. You're like, doom. And then, especially what I like is you're you're very illustrative. You're you're detailed. You know the photorealism. You can go to uh, Ron Luhorn uh, on Instagram, ronluhorn.com. You can see the the extreme versatility that you have. But your use of fonts and then the details and then just kind of the the texturizing and, and the layers that you have. It's really it's really sh- strong. It's multifaceted how you do that. But you know, you you have the the font, the typography, which I think is a key part. Of a lot of those, especially some of the darker ones. You know, it kind of has like an evil, you know, uh, the the Marley one. I'm thinking of just the way the way you use the the fonts and the typography to really tell part of that story. Also, I think is really it's kind of uh, it's really a key piece of uh, some of these labels that you're doing. Yeah, I've always said that um, you can have the worst illustration ever with great typography and it's still solid, but if you have the <laughs> best illustration ever with even mediocre typography, it's garbage. I never yeah. thought of that, but I would I kind of agree with that. I think that you can ruin something with with bad typography. You know, you, you might not yeah, yeah it's, immediately. Yeah, it just yeah, and it's it's it, it doesn't allow you to appreciate the illustration as much cuz the illustration has that initial feeling and then kind of once you look at it and see see it from different angles and what have you. But if the font ruins it, it kind of just, it, it, it brings out an emotion or a feeling that you didn't really think about, but it, it can, yeah, it can definitely ruin it. Yep. Look at that. Look, you're, look at you dropping knowledge all over the place, man. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I told steal, you I was a teacher, right? I'm going to steal <laughs> that, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to make that, I'm going to use that. Act like it was mine. Yeah. And even just, uh, there you go. But I mean, then, like I said, you go to Ron Luhorn, you can, you know, now you're doing labels and you, working for other, other folks other than Indiana city, but you're, you know, you recently did a, a, a mural, like you're, you're doing it all over the place, man. You're, uh, you keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've really, um, subscribed to the idea that contrast and all things makes each one of those things better. Um, you know, if, if you're doing, um, a tedious, intricate website design layout at work, um, going home and doing something rough and painterly and, and kind of abstract is, is such a nice uh, creative release in contrast to that, that you're going to come back to that, that grid pattern and, and have a kind of a re- renewed take on it. Um, so I've always kind of tried to do that a little bit with, with screen printing and um, doing these portrait illustrations for um, some art shows. And now I'm starting to play around with, with doing some graffiti and, and mural art and um, just each one of those things in balance and contrast with each other really helps all of them um, be better and it keeps you more creatively energized for each of them. So like hitting a hitting the creative wall is not an option if you're keeping it mixed up like that. Yeah, and there's only 24 hours a day as long as I checked. But how are you managing your time? Like it just seems <laughs> like, yeah, it really, again, go to, go to Ron Luhorn, ronluhorn.com, and just to see the, the amount of stuff that you're, that you're putting out there is, uh, and it's, I think that's a great way to, to look at it. They're, they're all, they're all different. So I think maybe that's the secret to your, you know, that's the fountain of you type move right there. But yeah, it's really, uh, it's really impressive, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, uh, I read this article from, uh, um, a designer that I really respected in college that was talking about just really killing it in your twenties, you know, working around the clock, putting out as much as you can, um, building your brand, um, establishing some, some business repertoire um, and honing your skills um, to where later in life you can um, chill back a little bit, relax and, and focus in. Um, and I, I really took that to heart and was sleeping next to next to none in my 20s. And um, I would often alternate nights of sleep. So work straight through two days and sleep for four or five hours the next night and then 
straight through two days. Um, helps you be super productive, but man, ooh, it's not healthy. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I kind of established that that uh, passion and that obsession of creating, and um, it's I'm in my late 30s now, and I'm still cranking through and and working too 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 many late nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once we had kids, I realized I could. I would sometimes only get like three or four hours of sleep when they were really young. Just realized I was like, wow, I can get a lot of shit done in four hours of sleep. And so, it right. kind of uh, whatever, whatever your idea normal is. I mean, that's that's the beauty of life, I guess. But yeah, I, I would ne- yeah. definitely. Uh, you read the article, but you forgot the part where she said that she slowed down in her thirties. So I think exactly. that you kind of you kind of skipped the you got the you got the cliff notes, dude, and you skipped ahead a little bit. Yeah. So uh, right. So yeah, not only so not only you you know you have your day job you you know you you're doing gig posters still not not as much as you used to um, and then you also um, have craft brewed you know Doodle Crew can you tell us a little bit about that we've um, we've kind of fallen in love with the I think it's a similar vibe but like a doodle or die type of thing and we just really think it's um, yeah it's really we we're big fans of it but tell us about the craft brewed Doodle Crew yeah. Well, um, when I first started working with um, Indiana City, um, I had uh, had this idea of wanting to do a little more collaborative work with other artists in the city. Um, I'd seen some stuff happen in, in other cities, like New York had a thing called uh, Draft and Draw, where they'd have like a speaker come out and talk, and, and people would sit around tables and like doodle on the, um, the tablecloth and then kind of be collaborative with the people sitting next to you. But I was like, I wish there was something here like that, but I also want it to be more intentionally collaborative. Um, so I came up with this idea of musical chairs style doodling where every 10 minutes the um, piece in front of you rotates to the next person around the table so that at the end of the night, every piece that's created is uh, collaborative between everyone who's sitting down there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so um, talking with Ray in Indiana City, I was like, hey, I have this, this idea. I want to gather some people. Like, can we use your space just to um, have a place to do it? And we can drink and draw and um, and put the name Craft Brew Doodle Crew. I'm always a, a fan of some good alliteration and, and rhyming with naming. So, um, uh, yeah, we started started meeting, started playing around, really um, created some real garbage stuff early on. It was just so bad. Didn't really <laughs> understand how to make it work and whatnot and um, learned over time how to make it work with, with creating a, some themes. Um, so each piece of paper has a theme that we now like uh, stick to the back of the sheet so everyone's kind of has a jumping off point as to how to make it a little more cohesive as it goes around um we really focused in on using similar tools so everyone's working with like red lead um and the same kind of inking marker so that um we can scan it and have the red just turn turn the red off in photoshop um then have that same weight of line for the inking um, and those little tweaks that we've done have really helped refine it to a place where now we have, we have some of the most talented illustrators in, in Indianapolis um, getting together. Like every third Thursday, we gather um, and we create these pieces. And it's just nuts. Like I started it, but there's times when I'm like, I shouldn't even be sitting here. Like I need to just let you guys take take this over and do your thing because there's so much talent. It is nuts. Um, so yeah, we were doing that for um, about four years. Um, we'd, we'd done some art shows where things that we'd created, we'd put up on the wall in the city and, and sell some of them. And, um, it was really getting refined to a place where it was getting really quality to, to where, um, Ray and I were talking about maybe putting some of our best pieces onto some, some beer labels. So we were going to have these different, different styles of, 
of art that we're creating, just experimenting, playing. And um, they had some beer styles that they wanted to experiment and play with too. So they came up with this idea of doing a 12 month series to like fully dive in and explore the style of a double dry hopped IPA, um, playing in the hazy game for the first time and wanting to like refine that, um, that brew style. So it's not like we're going to put this beer out and then like, if it's not great, we have to kind of stick with it because people um, heard about it and liked it. And that's the thing we're doing now. It's like, Hey, every month we're going to tweak this a little bit. It's the same base recipe, but the hop profile is going to be different. Uh, the timing of the, the dry hopping phases are, are a little different, et cetera. So, um, Every month, someone on the second Saturday, the Craft Brew Doodle Crew beer releases, and um, we did that for 12 months straight, and it's become one of the most popular series that they've ever done um, to where people are, like, showing up for that day. It's like a almost an event. You know, there's food trucks and bands. At the end of the night, there's a burlesque performance and um, on most second Saturdays. Um, so, yes, the, the Doodle Crew can release day is a big deal. That's all. I mean, I, that's really unique way to do it. I mean, the, your humility and the appreciation for others, right? I mean, you're the label guy and you're bringing in others and trying to expand it and celebrate other artists. You can go to Craft Brew Doodle Crew on Instagram and see there's some really great illustrations and kind of uh, you can throw a little dot com on there too and see it. But yeah, those cans that you're talking about, they're they're killer and they're really, uh, they're, they're just kind of, they, they scream. They're just a lot of life and color and they're really unique. So it's, uh, I just I love when artists celebrate other artists, and then on top of it, like I said, you know we know Indiana City because of you, um, you know. But the fact that they're so supportive of you, and then these other artists, and it's kind of become like a, a staple, just says a lot about you know. Again, I've never met the crew there, but it just to me it it just um, it says a lot about about the people behind you know what they're doing and what they believe in, and makes us want to support them. Yeah, they've been so supportive of, of artists it's been really awesome like um it's gotten to the point now where like we do the, the sketching and the inking on the nights that we gather with the crew um but then one artist will take it and really like finish and refine it and color it and, and get it all ready so that one artist who um kind of wraps it all up neatly um is featured on the can label as well so that that can that's released says colors by with their instagram handle so that all those artists can get a little recognition as to their extra efforts on those those cans as well yeah i, I think that's and folks at home if you I, i've always like appreciated that early on i think one of the first people that really did that was pipeworks for me and because a lot mm. of the time it's really hard just like the research part is the, is some 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 labels i can find out who does it really quickly other ones it's like it's pulling teeth to get a quick at reply, but when when yeah. just that little just that for an artist that that little bit to get you know you know that that uh you know those pixels and have it be their 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 name on there you know it's just like signing their, their painting. And I think it's just really important that you know when when the breweries you know celebrate that and you know make that part of the label and not just kind of like oh someone did the labels or yeah it's just a guy we know you know that always bums me out like yeah. at a beer fest I'm always like. Who did the labels? Who did this? And it's like, oh, we got someone. Yeah, I got this lady. She does it, or yeah, this dude does it. And it's like, oh, yeah. you're fucking killing me, man. Like, and it's like, and then you find right. out, like, what's your job? Oh, I'm the marketing person. Oh, then you should be fired because, oh. you're, because you were because <laughs> you were terrible. Yeah. yeah, missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, okay, like I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of great beer out there, but I think that the labels and the work that you're doing, especially, is really creating a, a fuller, you know, a fuller brand that you know when people. It might not be on the shelves, but it might be okay. I, I can go to this brewery or this brewery today, and you know, 
it creates a it creates a feeling, it creates a vibe. It you know it shows like the welcoming of others. You know, and that's really I think that's really important, especially now more than ever, for folks to feel it's a safe place and the creativity. And you know, you don't have to be you, know, you can be kind of your your best version of yourself. And uh, yeah, so cheers to the Indiana City crew. Yeah, definitely. And we are back. Told you, folks, it's a good one. The Craft Brew Doodle Crew fucking represent. I think it's cool. We cut it right in the middle of that, so you get a little more of the story, ask a few more questions, you learn about a little more about the process, how they're bringing things to life. And I just think it's, I just think it's really cool. You know, we tried our doodle or die, and uh, we rocked that. Much love to the crew. Uh, Beer Miscuous in Chicago. We had a great time doing it with some really cool people, and it was just a, it was a great opportunity for me, you know, personally, just to to get to meet everybody, you know, in person, which is one of the really bonus kind of gold stars efforts that we try to do here is uh, try to meet everybody and you know we still have a nice list around around the world of folks that we want to have a you know a beer and just laugh with and hang out and you know kick it so but definitely would like to uh head on out to indiana indiana city for one of those uh craft brew doodle crew nights and just uh get a chance to join the crew and fuck up somebody's art so no i'm just kidding but i mean me letting me draw on the same page as some of these people might be a might be a bad idea. So, yeah, I just think that uh, Aaron is extremely hardworking, extremely humble uh, for for a guy who has all these, you know, definitely uh, irons in the fire, which is, um, you know, nothing like a good blacksmith reference. He's just really, uh, it's really admirable. I really, you know, saying you want to, you wanted to, just work as hard as you can to make a name for yourself, you know, in your in your twenties, and still be doing it just because you love it so much, you know, in your thirties, you know. And myself is in my forties. It's just uh, when you have something you really love and work really hard and you're passionate about it, you know, it's the old you know adage: is it really work? And yes, but you know, you you can still love it and have that passion. And I think this is a great example of that, and just really the ability to explore one's. You know, own creativity, take some chances, you know, try new things and be able to do that in a place or in this example with a client who believes in you and allows you to kind of create and bring their brand to life. And I think that's, you know, that's really at the core of what we're doing here. It's not, obviously it's in beer, but it could be, you know, it could be wine, it could be, you know, you know, bread, it could be anything that's got packaging. I don't know where the bread came from, but really just, um, that's the beauty of it. We're really, you know, having this opportunity to learn more about process, about people, about their story. And everyone takes something different away from it. You know, someone just recently mentioned, uh, you know, an episode with, uh, Lisa Sotero, who was one of our, you know, from the archive artists. And, I, you know, they, they shot me a message about a quote that really resonated with them. And I thought it was just really cool, you know, that an old episode, which, you know, I don't always, you know, go back and listen to as much. But, you know, that during that episode that, um, you know, Lisa talked about doing things first, best or differently. And that it was something, you know, that was really causing them to, you know, think about that a lot. And it was really cool because... I would say that if we could go back and do some of our earlier episodes over, I wouldn't do the interview over again, but just how we promoted them 
and really, you know, what we take away from that, I think that we could do some additional promo. And that's why we've been using the, you know, from the archive series. But really just, you know, having some little snippets and whatever of the interviews or key takeaways or quotes or things that are resonating with people and have little kind of uh, little promos and little videos just uh, from from these interviews. So obviously, you know, we can't we can't change that. We're obviously uh, always looking to see if we can grow the team and you know maybe we'll get someone who's really good with uh, with skills like that because you, you can kind of look back in the. I think it was the late 40s, maybe, not the 19s, like our episode, like 40, you know, maybe early 50s, where we started using the branding that we were helping, that were uh, that was put together and helped create by, you know, uh, Zach Brady of Zach Brady Designs, and that was really a key moment for us. You can look back at that time and see when, you know, we tried to take it to another level. So who knows? You know, we're uh, always pushing the boundaries. We're always trying to take chances and do some uh, unique stuff. So. Who knows what the future holds for us, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be with you, and we're going to have a great time. Remember, you listen to Aaron Scamahorn. RonLuhorn.com is his website. Ron Luhorn is his Instagram. And I'd like the fact to be you know aware in a positive way of uh, search engine results and how you know you type in Ron Luhorn, that's the only one out there and how, how it shows up. And so I think that's just... Uh, it's really smart. I think a lot of times you see with rebranding, you know, on a corporate level, you know, the the goal is obviously to to lock down the the name, you know, on that dot com level. Obviously, anything on social and trying to keep it, you know, consistent. And then also, you know, if you're international, you have to make sure that that new name, how that translates, literally, you know, into other countries. You know, I've heard some nightmares about you know things that don't translate very well, or you know mean things to, to certain organizations, good, bad, and ugly. So anyway, we are going off on one of our classic tangents, you know, just rambling. But let's get back into it. Episode 146 right here at the 16-ounce canvas featuring the talented, hardworking, and extremely humble Aaron Scamahorn, Ron Luhorn, ronluhorn.com, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, episode 146. Damn, son, season 13. Let's get at it. So with the Craft Brew Doodle Crew, I'm just totally enthralled by it. How does it, so do you have like an email list and you say, okay, tonight we're doing, you know, we're doing zombies or tonight we're doing, you know, Uh-oh. whatever. Yeah. How, how does that go? Or do you just kind of show up and then like you pull out of a hat? Yeah, so we have a, we have a core crew um, who, who are their typical attendees. Um, there's a group of probably like 20 to 30 artists who are on our email list, but there's usually like, eight to 10 who show up every Thursday. Um, and when I send out the invite to remind people, Hey, it's this third Thursday, um, make sure to RSVP to let me know you're coming. Cause if too many people RSVP, that's the problem. Or if too few RSVP, that's a problem. But, uh, um, in that same email when they're RSVPing, I, um, ask for everyone to throw out theme ideas and it's kind of become like a, a random band name generator uh, <laughs> to come up with the themes where it's like, you know, some of the crazy ones we've had are like sumo mermaids, you know, like you, you mash two things together and it becomes a really interesting creative idea to, to spark some, some illustration. Um, Animal Amalgamate was a, a recent one that turned out really, really well, but um, you know, like that, that name is so perfect to be like, okay, I'm going to draw a donkey dragon or like a cat snake. <laughs> like it was just a perfect thing to be able to, to spark some ideas on doodling. So everyone throws out some themes and then, uh, we'll print out little stickers with those themes on and then like 
thrown in the middle of the table. So when you sit down at the table, you grab a sheet of paper, you pick a theme that you want to kick off and start and kind of like lay the groundwork for it. Um, and you stick that to the back of the sheet that you're going to work on. So the first 10 minutes, you kind of get the opportunity to really set the tone for the piece. Yeah, that would be, yeah, it's definitely, uh, can be a little intimidating. I definitely, I think it's really, I just think it's nice. And I'm always a big fan of comps. And so again, if you've got a craft brew doodle crew, you can see like, you know, the early versions of some of these pieces and it's kind of see how it evolved. And then the, you know, the artists who colored it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really just a, it's a cool way to celebrate and bring local artists together. And sometimes artists aren't always the most social folks, you know, they stay in their studio, they're, you know, burning the midnight oil, like, uh, <laughs> like a, Mr. A.A. Ron over here. And, you know, so to get everybody out and just yeah. kind of be collaborating together, I think it's just a kind of a, another another cool way to kind of uh, to get out and about. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's a great yeah. idea. It's really, really helped hone skills, too, to where, like, yeah. um, the, the mural stuff that I've done recently, like, I would not have the freehand, like, creative cartoon sort of approach that I have without – six years of doing that that doodling as a group is like dude you're full of shit dude you're full of shit because if you look at your, all your, your history and stuff like you're, <laughs> everything you've been doing is just, you've been just like you know i'm gonna fucking do this and you just do and you're just going for it and nice. yeah i mean i think that maybe it gave you uh you know gave you the, the confidence to do it but i mean there's nothing i've seen there you in, go yeah there's nothing i've seen that would would uh have me question your your ability to do that and i mean I mean, no, who doesn't love a four-eyed cat and a four-eyed rat, you know, partying down on a, on a big wall, you know, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah. It's, it's all good. Now, with that, going back to your mural, did you, you said you did that freehand or did you, did you have a sketch ahead of time? Did you do the projector thing? Like, what was that like? Yeah, so I, I'd sketched that on the iPad first and then I'd saved the image to my phone so that I could reference that as I was doing it, but then no, it was just freehand under the wall. Um, I've seen some other um, artists doing something that they call a doodle grid where you just sketch a bunch of random little like marks on the wall and then take a photo of that and you can overlay that with your sketch reference so then you kind of have a grid to work from um, to make sure your proportions are accurate on a bigger piece um, which I'm excited to play with I like I've, I've literally only been doing this for six months maybe um, and I've only painted maybe six different walls um, so yeah lots to learn lots to explore yeah, even that, right? The idea that, like, there's just different ways to do it. Some folks, I think it's just really, some folks like tape, some don't like tape, some project, some don't, some freehand. Like, it's, and no one's like, and we're going back to, the, like, the YouTube stuff. No one's just like, fuck you, I'm not going to tell you. It's like, you're all, yeah, you're all right. over the same sunset, and what we come up with is completely different. And so I always, I just love that because exactly. you're not, there's this level of, okay, like supporting each other just by, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you tried this? Or this is how I do it. And, you know, as you're talking about your evolution, you know, that's probably, you know, you probably have way more tricks up your sleeve than when you were uh, pulling your hair out, dealing with seventh graders or eighth graders or whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever hell on earth you had there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you're probably thankful <laughs> for those days. Ugh, was, you probably have like a little flashback from the yellow school bus comes by town. You're like, Oh, could have been All right. Oh, yeah, every time every time I see an asshole kid being being a jerk in a in public, I'm just like, yep, that kid's probably so mean to his teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, it's it's weird because yeah, some it's the the kids can make or break the year. Yeah, it's really uh, it's yeah. like that first couple, that first thirty days. It's like uh, you know, it's like a job where like after ninety days, you can be like, well. You're not, it's not really working out here. It's like, all right, we have another uh, 180 days to go. So uh, this kid, yeah, this kid's right. on the, this kid's on the list. But um, I don't know. Sometimes it's the <laughs> kids that are the biggest pain in the ass that turn out to be 
fan favorites. You know, you just need somebody to sure kind of uh, you know give them a, give them a second or a ninth chance. But um, yeah, so <laughs> so again, you are you're you're doing way more than you know you're the average bear. You're you're a busy man. How are you um, working with you know Indiana City to kind of uh, you know time management of what's coming down the pike and you know what what labels you're you know you you should be planning for you know how, how much how much time are they giving you kind of give us a little behind the scenes there yeah um just last year um ray brought on a lady named elise who is uh their marketing guru um and she has really really helped refine that process um she's created a, a spreadsheet with uh, everything that's being released everything that's in the works um timelines for when we need to get stuff off to the printer and um when the release day is going to happen and all that jazz um before that, it was a lot of like last minute conversations between Ray and I, like, oh, what's coming? What do we need to do? When's that got to go? And uh, yeah, it, always able to make it work, like refining my um, my skills has, has made me quite a bit faster in the whole process. So I'm able to knock out stuff pretty quick if, if need be. But yeah, being able to plan ahead and have a couple of weeks to work on stuff is a much more preferred scenario. Yeah. And in terms of... Uh yeah, so it's just is it is it okay? Like, how do you approach it? Okay, we're doing we're doing a stout. Do you have, do you because that's a darker beard? Do you use a different color palette? Do you find yourself going that way, or if it's a an IPA or a lighter you know, blonde or a pilsner? Do you do you, does that does that come into your your thought process, or how is the, who's come out with the name? Like, what's what's how's that go? Do, do they give you a name and you work with it, or is there a yeah. few uh, few uh, of your your names out there? Um, yeah, we've done a little bit of both. Um, a couple, a couple beers over the years, I've I've come up with the names for, but typically it's it's either the brewers or Ray that are um, pitching out the names um, in their their weekly uh, marketing meetings. They will um, talk about what's coming down and and styles and whatnot, and, and come up with names most of the time. So they'll shoot me that idea and and give me an idea of what the style is going to be. Um, and lately, it's been a lot more um, conversation about styles in relation to colors. Um, and how, like, you know, if this is going to be a bright, tropical, um, fruity sort of IPA, we need to make sure that it's, it's really going to reflect that in, in some of the, the colors we're using in the art, less, less about the content. So um, it's been an interesting shift in, in how we've approached stuff, too, because early on it was everything was going to be a black background with kind of a, a color pop illustration on top of that, um, but really heavy on the darkness of the label. And at the time, and on shelves around Indianapolis, that was uh, standing out from the crowd. Um, it was it was quite a bit different than what you were seeing. So, um, but as time's gone on, you know, like that that craft beer local shelf at a liquor store is just a amalgamation of a million different styles now. So it's not like there's one thing that's going to get you to pop, but it's now more like, hey, if someone's going to get a super fruity hazy IPA, um, they're not going to expect it to be like all black. So we need to talk about how we're how we're going to incorporate colors that are going to kind of speak to the style. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, it's kind of, uh, when you learn that in like school with, uh, like, you know, CPG consumer packaged goods that there's certain colors, like you don't realize it, but even, you know, even the generics of like detergent use like an orange or whatever, like a tide. So it's like this, that the colors, you know, have this emotion that comes with it. And so, yeah, I, the, the black with the, the, the hazy IPAs, I think that and it's, uh, I didn't really think about that as much, but I think that's a great point is just the fact that it would kind of be like people would just question it a little bit which, or even just passively question it. But 
Um, sure. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, the number of labels you've, you, you've been cranking out, I think it's kind of a cool evolution of things to now even look at it in, in, a, in a different you know, a different layer, you know, going back to your screen printing type stuff. So I think it's really cool just to, that you're, you know, you're getting that kind of, you know, deep into it, thinking about, you know, how the, the colors now are, are another key part of your, your designs. Definitely. Yeah. Now, are you a, are you a beer drinker? Or is that, I mean, is that, is that you, do you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor? I am. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I was definitely a stout guy for the longest time and still definitely appreciate that, that style. Um, the thicker, sweeter bourbon barrel aged crazies are, are really what I still appreciate in that realm. Um, but, uh, more and more I've, I've gotten into the, um, less piney, more on the fruity side of, of kind of a hazy IPA. Um, I think that, that dry hopped ability to get the aroma and the flavor without as near as much of the bitterness is, where my palate's at now but yeah definitely really appreciate the the craft of it all yeah definitely and uh yeah i'm with you i like a good i like a good big stout just uh sometimes the uh higher abv doesn't you know you can't really have it can't it's a that's a one one nighter in the bottle you gotta let it sit and warm up a little bit and take your time with right, it. You, can, right. you, can, you can crush a few uh you can crush a few uh hazies a little bit easier too so um, exactly. Now, looking through your stuff, one of my favorites that you did um, is the is the Colonel Crushing. I think it's just a great example mm. of kind of uh, bringing together all your different you know styles and techniques that could like that could be a character on a gig poster, you know. And then this the the font you're using, you know, that you created, and it's just uh, I don't know. It's got that kind of a, a throwback style to it, also. So I just uh, I don't know. I always like to. It's been, it's just been fun kind of going through your your stuff, but then. Just, just again, like how your versatility and you know, the kickoff one with the, I think it's a, it might be a horse or I'm not sure what that animal. Yeah. yeah, it's a horse, I think. Is that a colt? Is that, is that a play off of that? Yeah. Yeah. So since we weren't able to like straight up say, hey, this is a colt's beer because um, of brand issues, um, we're just like, hey, just let's make this a blue horse and it's going to connect kind of to the, the local team. So um, oh, it's kickoff. Got that, that ready in time it. for, yeah. yeah. Got it ready in time for the opening game last last football season is that your team is that your, your, your colts guy uh, i don't have time for sports man <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of yeah, funny. i don't get into it too much yeah. oh, well. figured some uh yeah your uh your most recent illustration again we're not sure this will air but ron Luhorn, there's just some couple great uh kobe illustrations uh you know just given the and i love the fact that you got the his high school one i'm from philly and we're, we're the same age and so when I was like, when I was mm. in high school, like him, just be, like he was, he was king, of, king of the city for, just kind of still is. But yeah, so it was just cool to, cool to see. Yeah, that. yeah, no, a lot of the the sports portrait stuff has been a um, commissioned projects. Like uh, um, I recently worked with a, um, like a, it's not a betting app, but it's like a competition app. Um, so I did all those um, basketball and football portraits for that, um, for the sideline app. Uh, their win sideline on okay. Instagram. Um, but they're super cool because they've partnered with artists to um, create the portraits of the different athletes. Um, because I think they they probably did the math and said, you know, um, licensing actual photographs of these these guys is going to be more expensive, if not the same, as hiring artists to do their thing and really make these imagery pop on the app. So um, they came to me and I, I knocked out I think ten of them for them. Oh wow. um, 
Yeah. Again, okay. got a Ron Lowe one. There's a killer, again, uh, Travis Kelsey one. Um, and some of the, I don't know, all the other players. Uh, there's a James Harden one. Um, and my uh, my sports skills, there's an Edelman without his, it's not his, uh, his recent running with the law, so it's not a mugshot. But yeah, no, the, the Travis Kelsey one, he's just, uh, I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl when this airs, we'll know. So I'm going to say, I'll say the I'll say the Chiefs, and then if I edit, I'm going to edit it out to say the 49ers if they win. So I look like I, I know my stuff, but it's just a great <laughs> illustrative. You, uh, you know, he's just a he's a character of a human. You know, his uh, his brother plays for the Eagles, so they're kind of uh, always trying to one up each other. And uh, it's just um, it's a it's a it's just yeah, it's really a really captured his uh, kind of uh, the happiness. It's just a feel good. It's a feel good uh, drawing. And I really yeah, I never thought about that. Maybe that's why they did that. So. Instead of buying a you know a flat photo to have a unique way to yeah. to do it and you know support your support your local arts you know which is good yeah excellent all right so uh, let's see a couple more and again thank you because this is kind of uh, like part one and a half but this is my probably my my nerdier mm-hmm. questions do you have a naming convention for your files I mean you're working on like seven thousand different projects so there's, you you have, you have to be organized at some level but do you have a do you have a Ron Lewhorn uh, Industries uh, naming convention that you utilize for your? For your- <laughs> um, I have just been going through all of this. I, I recently set up a Synology um, home server setup so that I can access my files wherever I'm at and have a, a decent hard drive backup for all that. Um, so I'm currently in the process of getting everything reorganized. Um, but I would I will typically do a um, initials of the organization underscore name of the product that I'm working on underscore version number. And then when it's finalized, I'll add underscore prepped to the end of it. Okay. Um, yeah, you, that's pretty you, universal across. Do you camelback on. it? Say that again. Camelback where you're like, if you have two words, do you do that? Like the first letters are capitalized. Oh, yeah. Every time, every okay. time. Yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of title casing everything that mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I love how that breaks up the eye and helps it be more readable yeah you're the closest probably to me of anyone we've had so far which is not a i don't know i don't want to get too close <laughs> to you uh Aaron, but uh yeah that's uh yeah we used i always put my initials in there for i don't know if that's just like narcissism or whatever but i always put my initials in there ajk and then uh we do a date yeah. at the end too just like as part of the versions so in case i'm working on a nice. couple of times throughout the day but i do i yeah. do the year i do like a euro date i do date day month year uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know why and i do it yeah, again it's weird i do uh-huh. the numbers i do the numbers and i do the three letter abbreviation of the month and then i do the year i don't know yeah i don't know why uh-huh. i don't, i lived in holland for a little while and maybe that's where i picked it up i don't even, i don't have a reason i just think uh-huh. i think it's a visual thing i think i think it looks cool yeah. but it just yeah it helps nice. but then if i don't update that <laughs> i have like 60 files of like the same date and that just then I have to look at when the date modified was, and yeah, it's a whole thing. But yeah, I I just, I just think it's cool. Yeah. Now, what is the, you said? You had some server that you're able to access all your stuff. What is that? I mean, obviously they're not paying you, so we, you can just. But what is what is that? Yeah, so it's just like a four bay um, hard drive um, dock station called Synology that, um, like, you literally plug it in and and go through a very short setup process, and it it creates a duplicate. Oh, so it's like uh, oh, so it's like so redundancies of okay, okay. Redundancies, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. I'm very oh. unfamiliar with the whole thing. My my brother's a tech guy, so he helped me set it up, and um, <laughs> I was just like, I need something to back up my stuff because I'm I'm running out of space with what I'm working with, and I've used iMacs in the past to kind of like 
keep my iMac on at all times so I can just connect it to work off files, but mm-hmm. I burn through iMacs when you leave them on 24-7 like that. Okay, yeah, so it's probably, it sounds like some sort of like uh, NAS, uh, yeah, yeah, so cool, yeah, data. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. yeah, that's cool. No, I love, uh, yeah, yeah, I tried to do that with our home network for all of our music and videos, and it's still a work in progress, which would be in the file name, nice. WIP, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> Um, all right, here's another one. This is more of a fun one, especially with your gig poster background. Um, my former life, that's kind of how I got into this, was uh, I used to be a DJ, not like turntable guy, like just like a college radio. Um, mm. But what when you're creating, are you ambiance? Do you need to be working peace and quiet? Do you have music that you listen to for certain projects? Kind of what's going on over there at the, uh, at the studios? Yeah, um... I am often streaming uh, comedy TV shows. Um, I, uh, I kind of have a little like um, man cave nook in the corner of our, our den where we have a, um, a love sack sectional couch that is just like sitting on clouds. Um, <laughs> so I've got a little corner that I set up my whole deal on so that I can have a, a pillow on my lap with my iPad on it and then have, have shows streaming. Um, that's my typical go-to. I have this nice, like, sit-stand desk and Herman Miller chair in my office, but I, I often just end up on the corner of the couch because, it's, again, it's that contrast thing. It's like if I'm sitting at a desk all day and then going home and sitting at a desk some more, um, it's it's too much of the same thing. So I need some contrast there. So, like, during the, the day work, I'm I'm listening to a, a decent amount of music, um, but at home I like to have some marathon TV shows like Rick and Morty or – uh, just something silly and stupid in the background. Kroll show. Okay. All sunny, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All sunny. I went to, yeah, I went to high school with, uh, with Mac. It's one of my, like my fun little f- fun facts. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right. So when you're not at, at home, what, what, what are some of the bands you're listening to? Obviously you talked about Bayside being one of your favorites. Where's just, uh, so we can customize the episode for you. What's, uh, what are some of your, your, uh, your go-tos? Yeah. Yeah. Um, been, I've been on a current marathon uh, repeat session of uh, uh, Manchester Orchestra and uh, Frightened Rabbit. Okay. Um, a lot of uh, creative lyricists in that realm. Me Without You is another one. Um, just some real, like, the lyrics are just an art form in their own, telling these, these really interesting stories that you can interpret in a lot of different ways. Um, but a mix of, of mellow with rock and both of those um, Still a decent amount of like old pop punk from my from my youth gets gets in there for sure. Um, <laughs> some no effects and rancid and, and misfits and that kind of vibe always always comes back in. Um, Do you still play? Yeah, I don't actually. I, I have a, a guitar and a and a ukulele hanging on the wall that I'll I'll fiddle on every now and then. But uh, I was a I was a bassist mostly, and I don't have a, a bass anymore. Oh, wow, yeah. I was expecting you to be like, yeah, we only play, uh, yeah, like, do again, the 24 hours thing. I figured you had, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just got six albums we just came out with, yeah, your, your, with, your punk, <laughs> right. with your with your punk ukulele, yeah. Little, yeah, so it's good. Right. No, that was one of those things where I was like, you know, I really do need to, to focus in on some of these, these things that I'm more passionate about and are more effective from a career standpoint. While it was a nice creative release, and it was, again, mm-hmm. one of those contrast things, Um yeah, I had to focus on what was gonna be smart for the long term. The whole, the whole paying the bills, and being a grown-up thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact you're like I had to give up something, and you're like, oh, I, so instead of having like 
70 jobs and 70 projects. You have like 60, 68 <laughs> right. now. You're like, oh, good. That was it. I, I cleared up some time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that, that's a that's a wrap, Aaron. We did it. So I appreciate it again. I, I apologize about the, uh, the fuck up. But uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, no worries, man. I, it was, I, yeah, it was really easy to talk to. I really you know appreciate what you're doing. I'm, I'm a big fan. And um, anything I can do to help promote you or you know, the brewery in general, just you know, just let me know. You're part of the, the crew now. This will probably go live in a couple oh. of weeks. At the earliest two, maybe three or four, but I'll give you a heads up. If there's any, cool. you sent me a bunch of stuff. So that's I can I can use uh, I can use most of that when we do our you know post and whatnot. So like I said, if uh, if anything we can yeah. do to help, uh, hopefully we can get some beers in the future in uh, in 3D. There you go. Sounds good, man. All right, I, uh, you're so busy. I probably cost you like two labels and uh, you know a mural by uh, having to do that over again. But uh, I appreciate it. And like I said, you know you've got my number, so don't hesitate to reach out. Right on. Thanks so much, AJ. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Yep. Cheers. Bye. There you have it, folks. Aaron Scamahorn, episode 146, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. I really enjoyed that episode. I love his perspective, especially talking about how a bad font can ruin a good illustration. I've grown or maybe just realized or appreciated more since we started this, the beauty and power of topography and fonts and trying to be consistent and just really what it can do to an image, an illustration, a story, a poster. And so that quote, which was just like, just matter of fact, you know, from Aaron was um, really resonated with me. So I think that's one that will definitely be, be utilizing again in the future. So I just think it's really, really great. His work that he's doing, the illustrations alone stand out and then to add these really powerful, you know, synchronous fonts to go with it is really, it's really cool to see. And it's just really, it's really impressive. I mean, we really, when it comes down to it, end of the day, I can't draw for shit. And so to see everyone have this, this, you know, wonderful ability and then what they're doing with it. I mean, Aaron is just working on stuff all the time. You know, if you look at the gig posters he's done, you know, they're just, you know, they're incredible, you know, from screen printing you know, he's uh, he's not in the band anymore, but I bet they were pretty tight. I do wish uh, I'm about to find out for you. We asked him what the name of the band was and if there's anything we can listen to online, but we'll we'll have to get that for you. But I just really uh, really appreciate this episode. As we you know mentioned a few times during it, we do feel uh, bad for some of the uh, audio gold that we we missed and, and messed up in the recording. But it uh, it all came together. Like I said, if it was. Uh, Anybody else, you know, scheduling is the hardest part of this uh, project, but, you know, he's such a, a humbled and appreciative dude. It was really, uh, it really, I don't want to say couldn't have had him do a nicer guy, but it was, uh, it was definitely a blessing there. So we really appreciate, you know, Aaron, we appreciate you listening. Remember, if you haven't had a chance to leave us a review, a rating, wherever it is that you check us out, 16OZ Canvas. My name is AJ, Aaron Scamahorn, RonLuhorn.com, Indiana City Brewing, craft brew doodle crew just just dropping give a little love to mr joey potts 
just dropping the uh, the references and the thanks and what have you. It's uh, it's a happy Valentine's Day. Hope it's a beautiful day for you. It is winter time though, so it is cold, cold, cold. But uh, be safe. Take your time. If you need to, you're even thinking about wilding out. Get an Uber, get a Lyft. Uh, you know, just get somebody to drive you. It's just uh, don't be an idiot. You know, we we hate to hear anything happen to you. So we appreciate you. We thank you for listening. This has been episode 146. Yeah, it, we are we are also just as amazed every time we say these numbers, and it's uh, you know, it's just thanks to what we're we're doing together. We will be announcing uh, probably in the coming weeks the event that we're doing for Philly Beer Week. Uh, there's two amazing events that are also happening this year at Philly Beer. Uh, no, not Philly Beer Week, but in Philly this year. Uh, my my brother Gavin and his wife Amanda are expecting their first child uh, at the end of May, and my baby sister Taylor and my uh, brother-in-law Tim are expecting their first child in August. So it is a beautiful time to be alive. We are appreciative each and every day. We're excited to share that great news with you. Don't be a stranger. As I said before, my name is AJ. You can reach me at aj at 16ozcanvas.com. It goes right to me. Shoot me a DM, send us a message, like it, share it, retweet it, text it, snail mail it, email it, fax it, uh, get one of those banners behind a plane, maybe smoke screen it, but whatever it is you're doing to share it, retweet it, whatever, uh, with your friends and family, we do appreciate it. And so until next week, we thank you, we thank you, you're cool, and I'm out. Peace.